All right, welcome to episode 47 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. I'm joined today by Zach. Hello. And Chance. I'm Chance. And I, of course, am your host, Pat. Rick is not here today because he's returning a pair of jeans. Yeah, probably because they are broken. Yeah, I don't know what he meant by that, but in the text, he's like, the jeans are broken, I have to return them right now. Did he specify what part of the pants were broken? Your guess no. is as good as mine. Again, I don't ask follow-up questions. I mean, I think asking for follow-up questions is important. <laughs> nope. I'm sure whatever the story is, he'll explain it the next time he's on the podcast. Exactly what was wrong with the jeans that they were broken, and his interesting story for returning it. So, Anyway... Uh, this, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We're a weekly gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows, favorite Simpsons characters. Yeah, but like, wouldn't everybody's answer be Homer? No. No. Like, I have a different... Really? Okay. I mean, there's so many fucking characters. No, I know, but it's just like, actually, I like the Scottish janitor, Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, him. God, you don't even know his name. God Sorry. Damn. All right, so Groundskeeper Willie. What about you, Chance? Um, I like Bart Simpson. I always loved him. He's you know, don't have a cow. Eat my shorts. I'm gonna have to get with Chief Wiggum because he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, when he's trying to like change the channel on the TV, he's just trying to shoot it with his gun. <laughs> the most incompetent chief, but like. Fucking awesome. Anyway, uh, this week we'll be discussing our Game of the Month Prey for August. Uh, We'll also be talking about how Telltale Games is back, kind of. And then uh, we'll be giving our impressions, or at least I'll be giving my impressions on Control. But first, what have we been playing? Zach? Obviously, uh, I played a little bit of Prey because it's our Gamer School Game of the Month, but we'll get into that when we're talking about it. Um, The new Rocket League competitive season started, so I played some of that. I played a little bit of um. I've been doing it periodically, but I kept like forgetting to uh, talk about. It. I've been replaying um, Watch Dogs Two and the lead up to Legion. So I've been doing that for the past several weeks. I just kept forgetting to say it, but I also put time into that. You've been lying to our listeners for weeks. It's been more like omitting things, but like yeah. Chance. Uh, well, the game I've been playing a lot is uh, Astral Chain, brand new game, literally uh, fresh off the press. But do games come off the press anymore? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's really awesome by Platinum Games, known for a Bayonetta. It's a Switch exclusive. It looks really good on the Switch. I feel like obviously it's not graphically insane, but like it, the style looks really it works really well with the Switch's uh, um, format that they have on there. How far have you gotten? Well, I've gotten like an hour and a half. Uh, I would say like an hour, hour and a half. Um, I keep hearing like the combat is like really like intuitive and great. Yeah, I mean it's because it's not so much like how Bayonetta was all combos and like stuff like that. Astral Chain is more movement-based because you have a legion that you're connected to with a chain. You know, if an enemy is dashing in a straight line, you can pretty much make a uh, clothesline with your chain. And then when they run into it, you stop it and you, like, throw it back and stun it and you can attack it. Or you can make your legion go around them and the chain will, you know, hold them them down to the ground and you can do things. Um, It's really interesting. The story is fascinating how the world's being attacked by chimeras. Uh, so it's based on a true story. No, it is not. <laughs> I don't know. It's too much to talk about, but... Excited to keep playing? Excited to keep playing, and I would highly recommend it if you're looking for a game on the Switch. And then me, obviously I've been playing Control, getting into that in a little bit. What I want to talk about is Ape Out. This game is uh, on Game Pass for PC, and I've been playing it. It's Basically, it's a top-down 2.5D, just like if you've ever played uh, Hotline Miami or whatever. 
It's like that. The, the game starts with you breaking out of your cage, and then there's people with guns, but you're just an ape. So you have to, like, run in and smash these people into walls before they shoot you. Wow. And it is so fucking fun. And there's, like, a bunch of levels you have to get through. They add, like, different things. Like, the power goes in and out. You have to rip open doors and stuff. Some it's have, like, like, flashlights and stuff I yeah, saw you playing. It was really it's, it's pretty, like, it's a really fun game. And I highly recommend it. And then I also want to talk about, I just started playing Blair Witch. This came out in Game Pass recently. Uh, the first thing it tells you to do is the game uses binaural sound, so put on headphones. So I put on headphones and I started playing in the Xbox, and the frame rate is terrible. So then I downloaded it for PC because it's on Game Pass for both. And I started playing on PC, and that game is like, with the headphones and everything, you really get into it. The thing is, the combat is like these monsters you can't see, and your dog like senses them. So like whichever way your dog is aiming, that's the way you got to aim your flashlight because they're like afraid of light, and that's how you like get away from them. The thing is, I don't know, maybe I just haven't re- figured out how to control my dog, but my dog kept running away. And I'm like, these fucking monsters are coming after me! Where the fuck are you? So I just had to, like, I turned it off and I went to go play uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. So I am, it, it is interesting so far. I'm going to keep playing, but hopefully my dog gets smarter. So now time for a little housekeeping. We still have our uh, giveaway going on for Star Wars. That's going to be on our subreddit. So. Yep. I think the post is up. Uh, Zach will tweet it out if he hasn't already. I, I did already. Zach's already tweeted it out, so look for it on our Twitter. And basically, you have to go in, and I think it's like, give your fav- favorite gaming quote. Yeah, yeah, favorite quote from any video game. Um, and then we are, we're choosing a um, winner from those responses. There's going to be two winners, yeah, one so for each game. So for uh, nice KOTOR 1, one and 2. two. Mm-hmm. All right, so before we actually start with the topics, I want to go do something that we haven't done in a while. Trailer Watch 2019. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Rise of the Skywalker trailer dropped on uh, the Monday after D23, but we're going to talk about it now. A good three-fourths of the trailer is just footage from the old. Um, so, they start with the original trilogy. Like the build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they got the, uh, I think it's the Yoda's theme, just kind of slowed down. Then they have uh, footage from the original trilogy playing from each of the movies, and they have footage from prequels. the prequels. And then they have footage from both Force Awakens and Last Jedi. And then finally, we get the new footage. Uh, we see Kylo Ren and Rey fighting on like Some ship on the ship with like the waves crashing all around them. Uh, I think that's a nice parallel to Obi Wan and uh, Anakin when they're Anakin fighting, fighting on Mustafar, yeah, and the fire, the fire and lava and stuff. So uh, and then we get a couple of scenes like everybody together on what looks to be Jakku and mm-hmm. then Darth C three PO. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. got the red eyes. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> people on Twitter were like, "That's that's a sell toys." <laughs> that's what that is. People on Twitter were like, "This is finally the movie where C three PO has had just about enough shit from the Skywalkers. He has finally fucking had it." Like, <laughs> he also has his golden arm back. So I know they talked. They made a big deal about, "Oh, you're probably wondering why I have a red arm," and then never explained it. So this hopefully explains why he has a golden arm again, or maybe we're like. Fuck it, we don't care enough about C-3PO to continue with continuities. Uh, People were going crazy with theories saying, like, oh, Darth Sidious is back and he's taking over C-3PO's body. (laughs) That's what's the red Well, the poster has Darth Sidious's face in the background, right? Yeah, the new poster did look pretty sweet. It's got Rey and Kylo fighting. fighting, And then Darth Sidious's face is superimposed on the background. Yeah, and, like, they got, like, the blue light coming out from Rey and then the red coming out from Mm -hmm. Kylo. It looks pretty, pretty sweet. You get the same voiceover of Luke from the first trailer, like, we've passed on all we know and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, and then you get a new voiceover from Darth Sidious uh, saying, like, your journey is near its end. Yeah. And then 
the very like last thing you get the the rise of skywalker or whatever and then the very last thing you see is uh darth ray yeah <laughs> she's got her cloak she's she looks all menacing and she you has like the, the, the dual, double blade the double blade that can like stack on itself so it's yeah. like two swords parallel with each other and then she and then flips, it flips it, it into like darth into ball's double blade, yeah. double blade. So, i think that's just a vision yeah 100 percent. that's what? a vision and I know people are going crazy with these theories saying like, oh, she's Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Oh, she's a clone of Darth Sidious. Oh, it's... A clone were, of Darth Sidious. Yeah, people are going crazy. Yeah. Oh, there was two twi- there was twins separated at birth. One was raised by Darth Sidious. Never mind, Darth Sidious is dead. <laughs> <laughs> one was raised by Darth Sidious and one was raised on Jakku. So we're going to have Rey fight Rey in this one. Uh, people are saying she's a clone. They're saying she's a robot. Like, crazy amount of shit. It's like it's just a vision. Ninety nine percent. And people vision. got I, that's a sad thing because I think I keep people interested. Like, oh, Ray's gonna be evil. Like, oh, wow, this is crazy. That's gonna be like that's actually pretty cool. And right. It's probably just gonna be some vision that doesn't matter. Yeah, and then people are like, oh, oh, that wasn't really a thing. It'll just be like <laughs> disappointment. Uh, Luke's cave fight where he fights Darth Vader and then and the, the mask, mask is comes him. Yeah, and him inside. So it'll be something like that in Last Jedi and stuff. It's like been set up that she has like temptation towards the dark side a little bit so maybe it's like her manifestation of that and she's seeing that in the vision because the reason i don't think ray is going to turn is because if ray turns then kylo turns one i don't want that you have the whole patricide thing as number two so as kylo has killed han solo you can't really undo that yeah just oh you're forgiven go into the light now you've seen the air of your ways (laughs) no you killed your father you're not coming back from that also, yeah, if Ray does go bad, you're not going to give away that in the trailer. Right, so, exactly. there's that. Either way, I'm excited for the movie, yeah. and December can't come soon enough. Talk about uh, our first topic here, our discussion for Prey. This is our inaugural game of the month. Okay, so this was our first attempt at this, so obviously it's going to keep evolving. We picked Prey, and so if you haven't heard of Prey, it's, it was released in May 2017, it was developed by Arcane Studios, uh, famous for Dishonored, and it was published by Bethesda. I didn't play this game when it launched. I think I might have been busy with either Mass Effect Andromeda that had come out like a month or two before, and then I think Ghost Recon Wildlands came out around that same time. So probably busy with those, so I never got to pray, and then I just it just fell off my radar. But now that I've played it, I'm like kicking myself for not playing it at launch because... The game was great. I fucking loved it. Like, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I remember being excited for it. Like, don't you remember me talking to you about it? I remember seeing the It looks cool because it reminded me of Bioshock, in a sense. Like, the way... Like, from the small amount of gameplay before it was released. And I remember being excited for it and then never followed through with it. Probably because of playing other games where I just just forgot about it. Um, And, yeah, I'm also really mad that I didn't play it sooner because um, it's a really fun game. So, I never played it. I'm not mad I didn't play it. For obvious reasons, for people who have listened to me and my fear issues. Zach's a bitch. <laughs> I am. I mean, sorry. <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't like being scared. And that was like, we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite parts. That was easily my least favorite part. Those of you who don't know, it was inspired by Prey from 2006, which was also like a story about, I think in that one, you're like a Native American who gets like sucked up into the spaceship with his like girlfriend and his grandfather. And you're going through the spaceship with your wrench and some like alien weapons and the the whole point is to get back home i never played the original prey uh it was gonna get a sequel i think they even showed some footage but then the project was canceled 
and then Arcane, like Bethesda got the license. Arcane made this. It's kind of like a uh, a spiritual, like it's inspired by it, but it has nothing to do with the actual uh, story of the the original Prey. It does have some like homages and stuff, like uh, the using the wrench, obviously, um, some of the alien weapons, the fact that you're on like a a space station and stuff. So how far did you get? I I beat the game. Chance. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't play as much as I wanted to. Probably a little over halfway, I would say. I was at the same place, so I needed to like go to deep storage. Probably a little like under 40%, halfway. 40, yeah. 45% or something. We'll just kind of go through our thoughts on different parts mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, what about gameplay? Like style. Like what was your style? Like what would you like to do? If you were to go into a room and there were enemies, like what would you do? Crawl and hide. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you invest in like stealth or? Yes, I did. Okay. So yeah. you went like stealthy and yeah. like what about like mimic powers? Did you like turn into shit and like hide and stuff or? Yeah, no, I just stealth you just, crawling. You just stealth all? You just yeah. like a whore? Yeah. Hide under desks. Well, I I definitely went like I guess the more simple route, which is more gun and weapon play. Um, I definitely like upgraded my weapon upgrade abilities, like so I could fully upgrade all weapons. Um, I could repair them easier. I I forgot Pat told me you did weapon degradation. I did not do that or survival mode. Yes. Oh yeah, I did do that. I did the whole um, extra statuses. So like my I'd have like fractional damage. I don't. You guys know that, right? Like, my bones would be broken. I have to like, oh, use no. an item to, like, repair my bones. No, we don't. And, like, every time I was walking, my character was like, ah, oh, like, she's, like, in pain. You hear bone cracking and stuff. Or, like, if my suit was too injured and I was out in space, I'd, like, lose oxygen and stuff. So I had extra stuff going on. Yeah, so you, you played, like, the, the survival mode, actually, on, like, with weapon degradation. I saw that because once you start the game, it gives you that option. And I'm just like, nope, don't want this shit in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> don't want this shit in here. Let me just play normally. So I had my one wrench, my one glue gun, my one shotgun, my one pistol. Never had any issues with them. Chance, I saw actually Chance play a little bit. And there's like in the middle of like five mimics, his gun starts jamming and he has to go and like fucking repair it and shit. I'm like, fuck that noise. Like, I want my weapons to work. So. Right. If we're not my favorite weapons, I love the glue gun. Oh, that yeah. was my favorite weapon, I like by far. How it's like for traversal. It doubles as yeah, traversal and a weapon. It stuns yeah. enemies. Yeah, yeah, the combination of the glue gun plus the wrench, mm-hmm. especially if it's a late game, you can invest in like different things. So I did uh, combat focus. So basically, it slows down time, but you stay the same speed. So mm-hmm. what I would do is I would freeze some phantoms. I would mm-hmm. freeze them with the glue gun. Turn on combat focus. Get in there with my wrench, which I had upgraded, doing more damage with the wrench and stuff. And I would just like fucking go to town. Like, hack wrench. at it. <laughs> yeah, and it would like just instantly die because it's slowed down, and I'm like behind it, just hitting it with the wrench as mm. it's frozen. That was my favorite combo to do. I did also just like chance focus on like weapons early on. It's like if you do too many mimic powers or like typhon powers, then it makes you the the, the station sees you as a threat. Just like it sees the other Typhons as a threat. So I'm like, I don't know if I want that. Because all these turrets would start Yeah, their turrets me. will start shooting at you. I would do like strategic stuff. Like I would carry the turrets around with me. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, okay, there's got to be a, uh, an enemy through this door. So I'm just going to get three turrets, line them up by the door. Now open the door and the fucking, it would just like die right away and stuff. So it was, it was pretty interesting. I like, I love that aspect about it. And then late game, I'm like, fuck it. I'm powerful enough. I don't give a shit about these turrets. So then I just went crazy, got a bunch of neuromods, and just started investing in all these powers. And I'm like, shit, I should have done this from the get-go, because some of these powers are, like, really sweet. 
like I just love all the different paths. Like you could literally like that's what I think that's why the discussion is fun because you literally can do things in different ways. Right. Like everyone, you know what I mean? Like well, they make a point of saying that too. Yeah, and that's that's like Arcane's whole game type. Like Dishonored, there are multiple ways to do any assassination or any of these missions, and you basically just pick like, okay, I want to go focus on abilities, just like in here, or I want to focus on like weapons and knives, or I just Mm want to focus on stealth. Uh, did anybody do hacking? Mm. No, I didn't do hacking. Um, I'm sure that mo- more shit would have opened up if you did hacking and stuff. Yeah, I would. I typically like, for example, like if I wanted to get into areas that I couldn't get into, I just use the recycler grenade, and I would throw it at shit, and it would recycle everything. I can just get through the duct I needed to get through, or like, oh yeah, like the stuff was blocking. It. So yeah, I, because I, I didn't, had... I didn't do. Le- I actually did invest into leverage like very recently, so like mm. I haven't used it yet. I actually need to upgrade it one more time for some reason for Alex's office, but because I'm out of grenades. <laughs> but, um, so I can move shit. Like, you have to break into uh, Alex's office, which you realize in the beginning of the game, you know he's your brother. At some point, you have to break into his office. I think it's a side quest. And uh, there's an elevator that goes up, and it's um, like level five hacking or four hacking or something. Like, it's really hard to hack into. So it's in like the garden area so there's a large tree to the left of the elevators you can literally climb the tree and get up there so you can climb the tree and get up there without having to use a glue gun without having to hack you know what i mean so you can it's like crazy you can like bypass stuff like that just by using the environment it's really interesting the different ways you can do stuff yeah the game does like reward exploration and stuff and there's multiple different paths like we said but yeah, like I, I focus on leverage as one of my first things. There, I did notice there are some things where I'm like, okay, this probably only rec- – like I, I can only see hacking as like the easiest way to get through there. If I kept exploring, I'm sure there's other ways I could have done it. But you can either hack it to do it now or you can keep playing, find the password to this computer, and then you'll be able to unlock it later on and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely love the way like that was all set up. It's not strictly like open world, but it's like open environment, like these yeah. large areas that you go into. They can revisit that you couldn't get to before, but yeah. now that you've unlocked powers, exactly. you can access them. A little right. Metroidvania e in that as- aspect. Uh, what did you guys think of the enemies? I thought the mimic was like a really cool idea. Yeah, I wish there was some more variety and like, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's a phantom. <laughs> now it's a fire phantom. Now it's a. Uh, etheric yeah like time. they gain elements and like slight effects you know the fire one can like make a bomb go on, like start under you and you have to move mm-hmm. out of the way i don't know i just the fact that they can hide and like you'll be doing something they pop out and hit you like what the hell yeah before you get like the the psychoscope and you can actually detect the mimics going into a room i'm like fuck what's what doesn't belong in this well room? you go into a room and it tells well, the thing you, is like if some guy put a bunch of post-it notes not a mimic not a mimic like <laughs> yeah. it's just like <laughs> I remember like when the game like initially starts and you have like this vast inventory so you can just like, grab everything that you can. So that's what I was doing. And then it's just like, be careful what you pick up. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I've been grabbing everything. <laughs> like the, the concept is cool. As a personal point of preference, I hated that I was on edge the entire time. I love that about like, it. Like, I, I hate it. Yeah. Great. Like, you didn't know what was coming. I, I understand that's the point of the game and that it was incredibly effective. As a personal preference, I hate being scared. But for what they wanted to do in the gameplay, it was done extremely well because the entire time I was on edge. And I didn't trust anything. Not a single object in any room did I trust. Yeah. So. Um, the skill trees were cool. I liked... The shooting felt good. Um, you couldn't aim down the sights, but... You know, yeah, that was that, kind of annoying. Like, going back to the enemies, did you run into, like, the nightmare? 
I thought that was really interesting. Did you ever the find the nightmares? Like, I don't think so. So, like, you could, like, randomly go through a door, and there's, like, this huge-ass, like, it's a type of Typhon. Ty- yeah, basically, yeah. it spawns in certain story events, or from what I've read online, it's, like, sir, if you do a certain thing, it'll come quicker in the story. Like, if you do certain things, if you invest more in Typhon powers or something, it'll show up quicker. Or it might show up later, depending on what you do. But basically, it's this giant typhon creature that is like super powerful and it you have three minutes to either hide or try and kill it if you kill it it won't show up for at least 30 minutes if you hide from it it won't show up for at least 20 minutes but at any point when you're going to coming back to an area or like going to a new area it, it's the possibility of it spawning and then it'll just be like the nightmare is searching for you and like you have to Hide or yeah. kill it. Or yeah. I didn't invest in stealth at all. So I, the first time I saw it, I actually ran into it in the crew quarters. And I like come in and then I see it like just in front of me. And it's like, the nightmare is haunting for you. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so I like, I, I threw everything I could at it. And then at that same point, it's the crew quarters. So there's a bunch of uh, captured humans that are also wandering that area. And then they're just running at me, blowing up. And then that's the, also the first time you run into the poltergeist, which you can't see and is just throwing stuff at you and stuff like a pol- like a poltergeist. Yeah. So much was being thrown at me at that one time I came into the crew quarters. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but I finally like because I had a I invested in weapons. So I had my shotgun and I had a bunch of ammo yeah. and stuff. So I finally killed it, and then it's, I'm like, okay, it's done. And then the next time I showed up, I'm like, this thing again! <laughs> so it was, it was definitely an I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, the yeah. fact that you can hide or kill it. Like, yeah. I killed it both times I found it, but that's because I invested in guns and stuff, and I was able to just, you know, keep my distance in a sense. I wish they did have a little bit more enemy variety. In late game, they kind of do with, like, the okay. poltergeist, and then um, they introduce the weavers and the... Oh, yeah, I ran into the, Weavers, yeah. The Techno... Technopaths, and then there's a... Uh, I ran into those two. Telepath, or something like that. There's one that gets humans to come after you, and then there, there's one that can control technology. So it gets the turrets to come after you and stuff. So there's the two different types there. But yeah, um, late game it is. I just wish they had added a little bit more. Uh, after a while, the mimics themselves did not feel like a threat at all. Is you just like, become so strong that they're just in the yeah. yeah. Story here. I played as female Morgan. I did female Morgan. I played as male Morgan. So was January also a male for you then? Yes. Interesting. So they they did voiceover for everything Mm -hmm. like that. I I did like that whole January aspect of it. Like you're getting story from yourself. Right. So you are... You're kind of a silent protagonist, but since your character is speaking speaking to you, you're not really. So I, I did like that. Because um, I know that's like a big gripe with you. You hate being the silent protagonist. Yeah, it's like... it pulls me out of it completely. <laughs> so um, the whole lore of the game, like the alternate history that they set up. Did you guys? Yeah, I did. See I did any, read it, like audio in the, logs and stuff, mm-hmm. and like yeah. the gallery that they had that explained the history. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Like, so Kennedy in this alternate timeline, Kennedy survives his assassination in 1963. So I guess at that point, it's an assassination attempt, not assassination. And then uh, he directs more funds into the space program which basically makes the space race with the soviets flourish more so now we're hardcore investing in space traversal and the soviets on sputnik one encounter the first typhon and basically we have to work together with the soviets to fight them off 
Once we do, we capture them in a cage. The Soviets obviously lose the Cold War, so they're gone. So now the U.S. has sole control over this space prison full of aliens. And then as they're testing on them, you know, scientists are dying because they're, they're doing, like, not safety measures and stuff like that. And then the whole sociopolitical economics of it, the U.S. starts falling in debt. So this third-party corporation called Transtar buys out the, the space prison in 2025. And that is eventually what gets turned into Talos 1 is where you are. Mm-hmm. So you're in this space prison turned into a research facility. And basically you are just – the thing that they're marketing is the neuromods, which give you your powers. But they're meant to be marketed to humans on Earth as like ways to learn new skills. I did think it was pretty interesting that like you implant this, you learn the new skill. So, but then if you take it so out, you- it – it reprograms your brain, so when you take it out, it shifts your brain back, back to, what to it was. the moment, like right before you put the neuromod yeah, in. So you have no memory, memory of everything you learned and everything you did while it was yeah. in you. That, that was pretty interesting. So like, yeah. I've, I it's insult, a cool concept. I insult so many neuromods. So if I start taking <laughs> them out now, right? Like, but yeah, also, yeah, it's yeah. cool like to play into that story of like it's a cle- it's a clever way of like having memory loss in the story. Yeah, and they did the whole like, at the beginning. They did the whole playing the same day over and over again. And yeah. then you finally break that window and then mm. the whole thing, whole thing shatters. Out. Yeah. And then you see like, it was all like a, the first time I saw the, the fake helicopter, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, are you serious? Did like, you guys get the achievement for dying from the helicopter on the first day? No. Dying. If you, if you jump on the helicopter's nose and then you jump into the fans, it'll kill you. And then it'll be like, didn't make it to your first day. It's like, the oh, oh my know. God. I know that's so dumb. Like, Cause I, I just, I explore the fuck out of pretty much any game like that when I first start off. So just to see if I can break it. And then I jumped up. I'm like, is this going to kill me as I'm jumping up? And then boom, it kills me. And then I get an achievement for it. So I'm like, sweet. <laughs> so you, you guys haven't beaten the story. So I'm, mm. I'm not going to go into spoilers here. What I will say is the story is interesting. The ending Kind of felt okay, it, so that was end? the ending. But was then it? the after credits, I'm like, shit, like that uh, is really interesting, and I hope there's a sequel. But yeah, that's what gonna... my question was. Like, I'm hoping there's going to be another one. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it, but depending on your choices and stuff, it it will change that last scene, or right? Whatever, so, you guys, did you encounter how many humans did you encounter throughout your playthrough? Like I said, I got into like the to the garden area. So I when I first ran So you in, saved the professor in the the greenhouse? I saved someone. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it was I don't remember any of their names. Yeah, I think I did. Like, but yeah. I someone saw, a couple of them died, but I did save one person. Yeah, and they gave me like a mission or Yeah, something. so you're going to encounter these non-player characters who have like special roles like the security officer, you know. And all these play into like how you are shaped and it's sweet because january who's like been made from your memories and like all this stuff kind of comments on like oh like i didn't think you'd do that or like yeah like i can't believe you did that and stuff like that because like she's like the person you were when you made me would not have done that but then you're clearly have been shaped by your experiences different from how i was so I, i thought that was another cool way to yeah to do that so you can actually do a no-kill run of this game like without killing anybody or anything. Really? No aliens. Even Mimics, too? Even Mimics. No way. Yeah. There's an achievement for it. Really difficult to get. Yeah. But this is kind of like another trademark of Arcane. 
Because Dishonored one and two, even though you're playing as an assassin, right? You could do a you no. run a you do a whole no kill playthrough. I got the achievement for no kill playthrough on Dishonored two. Oh, nice! One of the hardest achievements I've ever gotten. Like, oh, interesting. Also, I love that you can change the junk into useful stuff through these machines because a lot of games do that. Like, you're just picking up trash that you just mm-hmm. end up selling to a vendor or whatever. Yeah. This is like you actually save it. You can let go of it if you don't if you want inventory space, but then. You can save it, yeah, recycle it, yeah. and then, yeah, use it to make useful shit. Plus that animation where everything goes through the recycler. And, and it comes as, like, small squares or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I fucking love that. Yeah. It was, like, oddly satisfying. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> it was just, like... The recycling grenades themselves, the first time you encounter them in, uh, I forget whose office, but somebody's office, I'm like, let's test this out. So what I did was I grabbed everything that wasn't nailed down and just put it in a little <laughs> circle in the middle of the room, and then I threw it, and then everything got recycled, and, like, all these, like, little things went everywhere. So I spent, like, five minutes trying to pick everything up, but it was, like, so satisfying. Mm-hmm. This guy's office was completely barren at the end of this. <laughs> But I love that. I love the glue gun. Like, it was so interesting the way that they did weapons and, like, I guess it was, like, utilities. Like, I I guess what I found really interesting was, like, when I talked about before, just finding different ways to do things. There's so many different ways to do things, and you're like, that's kind of, like, thinking back of it, like... It can, like, have that replayability, kind of like, you yeah. could have done things way different. Like, yeah, you that's can... my favorite aspect about it. Like, all the different ways you could have done things. I highly recommend you play Dishonored. And then I highly recommend you play Deus Ex. Because... You've been telling us about Deus Ex for, like, forever. Because like. there's so great games, and they have that same thing, where, like, there's multiple ways to do it. And I'm pretty sure... I know for a fact in Dishonored, but I'm pretty sure in both those games, you can do... Yeah, you can do a, a complete pacifist run in both those games without killing anybody so you have a a shit ton of options for both of them so we we did do a google doc of like you rate the game plus voting for the next game of the month so i'll give you the results for that uh so with everybody that voted i took the average of all the votes of the rating and the scale was one to ten one being shit ten being masterpiece uh the game after everybody's been calculated got an 8.75 so, pretty solid game. Yeah. I might have put it like 8.5, but yeah, I mean, close enough. What about you guys? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I gave it like Yeah, eight. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I gave it a, a 9, so a little bit higher than that, but I mean, I'm okay with, yeah, an 8.5 would have been great, yeah. Those of you who uh, voted for our game of the month, uh, next month's game is going to be Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Uh, it is available on Game Pass. It, it's been on sale a lot on PC. Uh, you could probably get it pretty cheap on uh, other platforms as well, such as PS4. It's even on Switch. So, <laughs> you know, you have all of September to play it, and then we'll yeah. do the same thing. We'll post it on our Reddit, discuss it there, and then we'll have a discussion on the podcast. So make sure you play that. I'm just excited to kill some Nazis. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I can't wait for Deathloop, though. That's Arcane's next game. What's the news? What's the news? Not slow news. Since Rick's not here, Chance will take over. All right, uh, not so slow news. That's when I give out a news title headline or <laughs> headline. I guess I give out I give a headline to the everyone, news. and everyone gives a very quick response on how, what they think about it. You guys are ready to go from here? Yes, sir. The first one is uh, Joker gets eight minutes standing ovation at the Venice premiere. The movie or the person? Joker, like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> It should have been 10 minutes standing ovation. All right. 
companies testing 5G ultra wideband in certain areas. That's been going on a while. Can't yeah. wait until it's worldwide or statewide. Statewide. As long as we get it, that's all that matters. All right. Um, am I supposed to be giving my own opinion? You yeah, can if you want to. It's just like, yeah. Well, I'll I'll do the next one then. All right. All right. Um. 350,000 people watched a, a gnome mage hit 60 on WoW Classic before anyone else. I saw they were also forming lines to get quest items. Apparently, WoW Classic players are super polite. Good for the person who achieved such a difficult task or whatever. I don't understand what's happening. I preferably like Modern WoW, but WoW Classic is really nice and I enjoy it. But yeah, that's no, not so slow news. And Not yeah. so slow. Not so slow. Not so slow. This is not I can't fun. do it as good as Rick. I like community questions better. <laughs> I like that. Topic two here. Uh, Telltale Games is back. Kind of. We talked about Telltale Games shutting down last year. Go listen to that podcast for all the details. Great podcast. Yeah, definitely. I highly recommend it. Top-notch work. Great hosts. Anyway, a company called LCG Entertainment has purchased the assets and stated that it wants to sell some of Telltale's back catalog and work on new games based on a few of Telltale's associated properties as well as new licenses. So basically, Telltale itself is not back, but a company bought the assets and the property and the licenses of Telltale and then now are calling themselves Telltale. Um, Telltale's back! Why would you call yourself the name of a company that failed? I don't know, but they did. So I mean, it's like a Phoenix company now, essentially. Yeah, but that just has like bad connotations to it because you yeah, get all these reports of Telltale was doing terrible. A lot of their games weren't selling, and now the new Telltale has that same connotation. Not necessarily like, yeah. because people would be like, "Oh, it's like really sad that Telltale was gone," and now people will get like hyped that Telltale is coming back. So it could have a reverse. Effect. I, mean, yeah, like, I, abs- I absolutely understand like the perspective you're coming from. How it's just like you are now aligning yourself with a company that failed. Yeah. So it's, it's like THQ, and then now THQ Nordic. Like THQ completely went bankrupt, and THQ Nordic is like redoing the same licenses and the same games and like all this stuff. And I'm like, how are you gonna? Be you're doing the same thing. How this is fucking going way too close to fade here. So uh, until the end of this conversation, I'm going to refer to it as Telltale Classic and Telltale Junior because it might get confusing otherwise. Why would you do that? Because. Why wouldn't you? No. No, it's done. (laughs) No, but like. Uh, It's done. No, but like. uh, It's done. Anyway, so in an interview with Polygon, uh, the new heads of Telltale Junior confirmed that the back catalog that they bought the rights to includes Wolf Among Us and Batman. Super excited. I want Wolf Among Us too. Talk about that in a second here. Uh, the Walking Dead rights are still with Skybound, and it's not a part of this deal. So anybody hoping for you know continuation of Clem's story, that's not going to happen. Uh, company heads also stated that they believe the future. They believe in the future of adventure games. So I'll give you the quote here. Uh, this is a viable business that went away due to market conditions and some scale choices. Telltale's previous management made. James O'Tilly said, uh, I like games that tell stories and I think our industry should have a company that specializes in narrative-driven games. Our industry has a lot of those companies, but whatever, James. O'Tilly also explained that the company is looking at evolving Telltale's episodic model. We will probably keep the concept of episodes, but with different pacing. This is a different world from a media consumption standpoint. We need to look at how people like to entertain themselves. I really like the idea of binge watching. 
so that quote I think is where we're going to have kind of the uh, the change in philosophy, which I think Telltale needed to evolve to stay afloat and didn't. What I think was the biggest issue with Telltale Games because they did do great stories. But you're not like wait for it, like yeah. That's that's the thing. Like Wolf Among Us between episode one and two was like five months, and then two to three was like two to three months. So all this crazy stuff you never knew when the next episode was coming out usually what they would do is there would be like the week before the next episode is coming out they drop the trailer right and then you're like okay it's coming out this week like in those times like in between like episodes you forget what happened you forget what happened or you have now found something else you're playing and you'd rather potentially yeah and you'd rather play those things than go back and replay the because you might have to go back and replay the previous episode yeah to then i mean i'm sure they like, like probably rehash it there's like you know yeah, certain but, TV shows, but yeah, like yeah, you may not but, remember like, all the details. But even still, like they or did the choices you made. They always did like previously on whatever, but that's still that's not I mean, enough. It's too for far you. away, like exactly. It's... So like when I first played Walking Dead, it was when Walking Dead season one was getting all this game of the year buzz. Mm-hmm. So I had four episodes to binge right before the fifth one came out. So I I experienced that in a really short amount of time, and that was great. I loved it. Then Wolf Among Us obviously had to wait a while, and then I still played each episode as it came out, but it still – that's because I was so interested in the first episode. It still lessened, like, the time of, like, me getting excited for it. Mm-hmm. So then the next one, I'm like, okay, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, I'm going to wait till all of it comes out, play it then. Walking Dead Season 2, wait till all of it comes out, play right. then. The problem with that is I'm interested in the, the property to begin with. And then now eight months later, other stuff has come out. I've right. forgotten about it. I'm exactly. not as interested in it. Yeah. So instead of me playing all of it at once, I'm not playing it at all. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened with Guardians of the Galaxy. It also completely kills the immersion when you have to wait for so long. Because like you're invested, you're doing everything, and then boom, hard break. And it's all about mm-hmm. choice, making choices. So you're yeah. like... Wait, why did I make this choice? How was I playing? Like, this oh yeah, game? I right. did that. I shouldn't have. I contradicted yeah. myself because like like, like yeah. in the moment, like you only I guess I have so much time to make a decision, or like you're being impacted by previous things that were happening in that episode, and then you go back and you think about it, and you've had like all this time subconsciously you've thought about, it, and then you're just like, well, shit, that was a stupid decision. I should have never done that, or vice versa. Um, so yeah, it's just weird. Like I do like the idea of like I assume where they'd be going with this binge watching thing is that we will just give you all the episodes right then and there. Uh, they're talking about binge watching. I'm not sure if that's the best model to come out either because these are two hour long things. So I guess if you drop just ten hours of content at once, I mean some people are going to go through. But I think if you binge watch it, you kind of do lose some of the attachment to the characters and stuff. And then when the next season comes out. You're like, wait, what was going on and stuff like that? What could be a cool medium between these two is wait till the game is finished, then drop it an episode per week. Then it's an event. Right. Then you have that word of mouth. Yeah. If you drop everything at once, somebody binges it and then talks about it for a week. If you drop them five episodes over five weeks, yeah. now you have those people who are interested talking it up for five weeks. That's true. So that could help them out a little bit too. The other problem with Telltale was that they had great stories. They didn't have great games. So the gameplay was very similar. It was just like point and click adventure, but you're still kind of controlling the person and you're just interacting with things. Something that lends itself very easily to the watching somebody on YouTube do a let's play of it. So 10,000 people 
are watching one person play. So instead of getting 10,000 sales, you've gotten one sale. Right. And that's it. Everybody else has gotten the experience kind of. You know, obviously not everybody has made the choices they want to make. But if somebody's just interested, like I know Chance, you did this with a couple of Telltale games, right? Yeah, I, I would just watch people play just because I didn't – Yeah, like I, I'm like, oh, I get this if I can just watch someone play it. Exactly. So – and, you know, it's just interesting to see what the choices they would make. And then, you know, I never thought of, you know, why would I buy it myself and, you know, make the same choice probably. Yeah, so making it more gamey could help that. What they could do is if they want to stick to that, maybe go some like pretty heavily on partnerships with Netflix. Yeah. Can you imagine Netflix? Because they did – Bandersnatch did so well. Right. They partner up with Netflix. Now you have this coming out on Netflix right. and everybody has access to it. You get your revenue from Netflix mm-hmm. and then maybe like six months of exclusivity later, you release it you know, to everybody. So I think that, that could be a good thing. Telltale was so heavily invested in getting these licenses. Yeah, so maybe Telltale Jr. can work with newer properties like uh, Paper Mario because fucking Nintendo doesn't want to. Fucking Nintendo, make Paper Mario, goddammit. And that's our quota. Uh, Wolf Among Us itself, my favorite out of all of Telltale's properties, and I'm really excited to see them promising to continue that. Of course, this isn't Telltale itself. They did say... They're going to give a couple of uh, Telltale employees. Uh, they're going to get them to come back on a uh, freelance basis and then have the option to do full-time down the line. But this is mostly new employees. So your favorite you know, writers and gameplay designers and stuff from Telltale are now back. So in, an, in, a set, in a sense, it's not even the same Telltale you remember. So even though they're going to be continuing... That might not be a bad this, thing, though. Get a new perspective. Yeah, on I it. mean, for the the engine and stuff, I totally agree. But some of those writers were great. So, yeah. I they, I mean, they could offer some like as like freelance work. They could bring some of those writers back. It's been eight nine months since Telltale shut down. Mm-hmm. Are those writers still available? I'm sure they've gotten they're other probably, jobs. Other, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they've gotten other jobs. I mean, you would hope so. Um, Ubisoft and other companies. I know they did like that whole things, that so. hashtag. Um, Something for save or help Telltale or something. It's something for the uh, Telltale employees. I can't remember. Um, go back and listen to that podcast. We did discuss it. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? There might be some that maybe, hopefully, may not hopefully. I mean, maybe they're not like as busy as they once were. So they might be able to do stuff like on the side, like with writing and stuff like that. But it is tough when you're a part of another company to like freelance. I'm sure there's some contractual things as well where like you work for this company, you cannot freelance for another, but I'm not, I don't know the nuances of that. So, yeah, but you know, overall it seems like interesting news. I'm really excited to get a second season of Wolf Among Us, but hopefully they're not making the same mistakes. The telltale classic classic made. We talked about this in the uh, telltale episode we did. The Walking Dead sold pretty good, but every game after that did not do anywhere near those numbers, and it was pretty much a steep decline right. in sales afterwards. So not not a lot of people are interested in buying these games. Even though they are popular, they're in the mindset of gamers. Right. They're not interested in purchasing them, at least not, you know, maybe they're buying them like used or something like that where Telltale isn't getting the money. But it is a different gaming landscape now than it was mm five six years ago 
with Stadia, with Netflix right. dipping its toe in gaming. I, say, like I, don't, I don't dislike that idea of like Game them Pass. partnering with Netflix. Even Game that, Pass. Yeah, like, I don't dislike that idea, like partnering, partnering with Netflix with what Bandersnatch did. I think that's a, a more viable way to... Um, I don't really know how to work. It, it's like get a revenue with yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's. I think it's a, also a more viable way of like presenting this as a like a product essentially to consumers because it's most people already subscribed to Netflix. Yeah, and they and have it. You so you don't. They don't need to do anything extra. You don't to need have to the do gaming this. aspect of it because exactly. it's not most of those people. But, on Netflix. Netflix is all shows and TV shows. Why why do one you can actually. Play. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. Bandersnatch, and if it is just point and click, then all you need is a controller, or like a TV remote that can like do those things or whatever. And there you go. There's your just your phone. Yeah, yeah. There, there's your niche market. There's your way to present it. So I don't dislike that idea at all. And I think that's maybe that is something they consider. I think just keeping it as like a strictly like in a gaming sense, like on a like outside of like Netflix, for example, just keep it like as a video game itself. I think is I think they could run into very similar problems that Telltale senior did there are other ways to do it make it a part of stadia like stadia mm-hmm. is doing their stadia pro so right. i'm excited I, I i hated that telltale went away and i'm glad that telltale jr is picking up the reins and right continuing so you just don't want to see them like struggle again basically even though it's not the same telltale like it is difficult to from like a consumer's perspective or even outside perspective to dissociate yeah. This Telltale with past Telltale. And so. just because they're not fully, like, immersive games, they're more story-based. Right. That's fine with me. I think there is a market out there for that. I don't think those games should die. Um, what no, I think, yeah. Like, if you like those type of games, maybe invest in those not used from Telltale. Maybe, you know, buy them from directly, you know, digital copies and stuff like that. If you like this type of game, support it. Otherwise, it's going to go away again. So, Community questions. Huh? So, community questions. Uh, for those of you who do not know what community questions is, what we do is we will um, hop on to social media, whether it's Twitter or Reddit. It's typically Reddit. And we will um, pose a question in one of the subreddits. And you as a community respond. I ask the panel as well. The question we posed this week... We'll go into the lore, as it were. An evil wizard has put a spell on you, and you have to give up something you love to continue gaming. Has to be something you love, such as a hobby, favorite food, or something that brings you joy. So don't just pick, like, an easy thing that you hate. Oh, I'd easily give this up. Um, so what uh, do you give up? Would you like to go, Pat, since this is your yeah, question? Yeah, so um, I would probably give up cheesecake. Is cheesecake goddamn delicious and one of the most versatile desserts in the fucking world in terms of flavor? Hell yeah, it is. Will I never touch it again to continue gaming without question? I would give up... Oh, this hurts me. I would give up Chipotle before I gave up gaming. And that hurts me to say because Chipotle is my favorite restaurant. (laughs) Like, it's my... Oh, that hurts. But I would absolutely <laughs> give up Chipotle before I gave up gaming. Like if it meant to, if to continue gaming and meant having to give up Chipotle, I would do it in a heartbeat. Well, it seems like all of our things we'd give up are house food related. Didn't um, have to be. I know it didn't have to be, but the one I thought of, mine is actually I feel like a lot more vague and it can cover a lot more things. I think chocolate in general. Oh wow. Yeah, I that could, means I you couldn't have hot cocoa. I know, or, or you, s'mores. Yeah. 
We're Oreos. Oh my I god! Do, why would you do this? There, uh, there's a lot of other stuff out there. Oh, so yeah. you can have cheesecake. Yeah, I can have cheesecake. It just yeah. can't be chocolate cheesecake. Some of the uh, the community here. Sip Sip Schlop said Reddit. Oh Sour god. Sack Juice said taking baths. So from now on, only quick showers for me. Well, there goes your username. Uh, X Papa Smurf X said his left foot. That's, that's commitment, right? That's, yeah. uh, that's a part of your body. Legitimately. <laughs> Thank Literally. you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> like, why would you do that, though? Like, you'd have to either, like, put, have unless a prosthetic. He unless he doesn't already have a left foot. But then he's already given up. Like, that's yeah, the that thing. You can't give up what you don't have. Yeah. So I'm assuming like, he has a left foot. I mean, it's, yeah. Maybe he, well, easy assumption. Chances are right he has a left foot. <laughs> Ch- chances are he has a left foot. And most Statistically, likely, he has a left foot. And chances are he's probably also right-footed. So really, he doesn't need the left foot. Uh, Azax222 said everything. Wow. Everything? I commented with a, uh, a Thanos gif. Oh, yeah. Everything. You, you chose not to give up gaming? What did it cost? Everything. Everything. <laughs> um, Resistant81 said soda. In the Midwest, we call it pop. Yeah, that's easy. Microwaved beans said gardening. Gardening? <laughs> Second favorite thing to do. Well, they, I mean, if you love Miserable gardening, life. then that's hard for you. Herpa <laughs> yeah, like, Derp 3000 said, my life. What? Wow. Jesus. At that point, not you only, can't not only, anymore. Yeah, I would say not only is that drastic, it's also counterintuitive to what you're trying to do. So now for our biggest topic here, control. So we're going to talk about control. Uh, I'm the only one who's played it right now, so I'm probably going to be doing most of the talking. But... We've been, you know, we did a preview of Control. I was super excited about it, and fuck it, I'm going to talk about it because I'm hosting this week. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, Remedy's new game is Control. Uh, it was published by 505 Games, which is kind of like a new thing for them because they usually work with Microsoft. If you don't know their pedigree, uh, they've done Max Payne, they've done Alan Wake, they've done Quantum Break, and this is like a brand new IP for them. So this was released uh, August 27th, so this past Tuesday. Uh, I want to start talking about the story. So you play as Jessie Fadden. Uh, who, she finds the Federal Bureau of Control at the beginning of the game. And as she does that, she realizes it's being invaded by this otherworldly threat called the Hiss. And, you know, in the midst of that, she becomes the new director of the Federal Bureau of Control. So now she has to fight to regain control, name of the game, <laughs> while searching for answers about her past. So I don't want to go too much into depth about her backstory but it is explored in this game so if you've just seen the trailers and you're like why do i care about this person there is a reason and the way they do that she has this like inner monologue so as she's talking to someone it kind of like the camera zooms in on her face and then she says something just in her head and it's kind of a an interesting way to do that in like the midst of a cutscene. so it's giving you some backstory and like her thoughts behind what she's saying so I really like that aspect about it. Uh, the game takes place in what's called the Oldest House. This is the uh, headquarters of the FBC. Uh, it's part office building, part haunted house, part MC Usher painting. So it's like constantly shifting. Uh, as you play, you explore new sectors of uh, the Oldest House. And some of it gets really weird, which is awesome. There are these like doorways or these connections that lead to the astral plane. Really trippy. Like, think of, um, did, you played uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Revelations, you know, those yeah. first person sequences where you're mm-hmm. in like the 
it's when you're in yeah you're you're stuck on animus island and it kind of reminds me of that it's like this weird open space and you got these like uh little pillars and stuff that like are just Mm -hmm. floating that you're traversing to get through this like black pyramid which is the board of the federal bureau of control so you're the director but there's a board and the board is just like fucking weird it's this black pyramid that talks to you (laughs) you become the new director when you pick up this thing called a a service weapon but it's it's an object of power that only the director can wield and because you wield it and you are able to control it that means you have been deemed yeah fit enough to become director and that's how you become the next director there is this thing called the ocean view motel which is kind of like the waiting area in between dimensions so I think you've seen this in the trailers. You'll be just standing there and there's like a little uh, light cord thing that you pull three times and you're just transported to the Ocean View Motel. Mm-hmm. And there isn't much explanation about it, but you ring the bell, doors open up, you have to solve this like little puzzle to get to the next sector and like a key will pop up and you use that key to open one door that you can open pretty much every time you go to the Ocean View Motel and that door has that black pyramid on it leading back to another part of the federal bureau of control but so like so you said i mean it all happens in one building yes. so to get to different sectors of this building you need to go to the astral plane to go get, to a different dimension to get into another part of the building yes to get to certain parts of the building certain parts are still like you i can into go, an elevator and then you now you're in maintenance right and now this sector leads but, to so this I'm, so it's more like grand chain like like grand changes to the building or whatever like you're going from like a major sector to like another major sector yeah because in in the storyline it's the federal bureau of control found this location it's not something they made it's something Mm. they found okay and it's like an interdimensional building they're just using it as their headquarters and even they don't know the full and is this like is this like in america or something yeah it's in new york okay yeah they they do mix in the cutscenes. they do mix uh full motion video like with the uh, the graphics of the game, so mm-hmm. they've recorded parts where uh, Jesse's the actress who plays Jesse Jesse, who's Courtney Hope. She she was actually uh, Beth Wilder in uh, Quantum Break. If you guys have played that, mm-hmm. uh, she does a great job. Uh, they've done some real live action video of her doing reaction shots that they kind of cut away to during cutscenes. There's also the old director communicates with you after he's died through uh this magic telephone (laughs) that was gonna be one of my questions like do you ever is ever allude to old like directors do you ever fight any of the other directors obviously there's been like multiple so the old director is trench who's actually voiced by the guy who played max Payne. but yeah he communicates through you through the hotline which is another object of power and the way they do that is like you're you walk to an area where he wants to tell you about something and it is like the full motion video is like opaque on top of the game so as you're moving you're seeing like this vision around you it's like kind of being projected but not really right it's it's trippy and if you don't have the hotline yet you just get bits and pieces of what he's saying but the if you have the hotline video of what he's saying it's added to your collectible so you can go play the full video and that gets you more lore and stuff otherwise you're just getting bits and pieces of it so i really like how they do that I don't want to go too much into the actual story, but it is super interesting. Let's talk about gameplay. This is really where the game shines. Like, it's a third-person action game where you have both guns and, like, powers, abilities and stuff. And I did show you guys a little bit before yeah. we, 
we did the podcast. So as the director, you have the service weapon, which is an object of power, which basically means it has connections to the astral plane. The gun is shape-shifting. So you start off with the, just the basic fire mode of a pistol, and then you can construct other forms of it. Some of the forms are like an automatic rapid-fire weapon. There's a, a thing called charge, which is basically like a grenade launcher. You charge, you shoot it, big explosion goes out. There's pierce, which is just like for armor. So you charge the shot, you let it go. It's like one single sniper bullet that'll go through like a bunch of armor and stuff and do a lot of damage. There's a shotgun. Uh, the weapon actually doesn't need ammo. So you're not picking up ammo. It just recharges. So there's a meter. As you fire, you can see the meter depleting and it's different for each type of weapon. So if you're using a shotgun, it has like five shots. Or if you're using just a pistol, maybe it has 10 shots. If you're using the charge, it has two shots. If you're using grenade launcher, it has three shots and stuff like that. So you, you can see how many shots you have uh -huh. and then it'll recharge every time it's not in use. Yeah, so you can upgrade the weapons. So after you construct them, you can upgrade them two more times, which will give them a total of three mod slots. Uh, mod slots basically allow the weapon to be customized a bit to your playstyle. So if you're using, let's say you're using the shotgun, which is called the, the shatter a lot, you can have a mod slot that gives it eight projectiles instead of just like the, the standard four or six or whatever. So you're firing more pellets of the shotgun. Uh, you can have a mod slot that makes it do more headshot. You can have a mod shot that gives less uh, scatter or spread. Yeah. I mostly played with the grip, which is like the pistol. I upgraded that to do the most damage. And then I made it so that it uses less ammo. So I'm doing constantly using it and mm -hmm. then switching to my abilities and then switching back. And then the other one I did was charge, which I charged up three shots, fire, and it just does massive damage. I didn't really use the pierce too much, which is like the armor sniper thing. Uh, I found that waiting for it to charge and having just one shot and that takes away half of your energy for the ammo. It's like a precision weapon, so you have to really line up the shot. And if you miss, you, you've wasted half yeah. of your energy. And for this game where you're constantly moving around, I just didn't find like it. Like a high risk, high reward, I think. I mean, if, if, it, if you can make it do massive damage and like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, but so it seems like you can break through armor and deal good damage past it feel like I can do the same just with my upgraded grip, you know, fire a bunch. So depending on your play style, up to you. Um, I'm sure if when Chance plays, he'll do just the pierce if he likes that a lot. Let's talk about the powers because these are fucking awesome. So as you play the game, there's these different objects of power that you interact with and that take you to the astral pain. And then you do like a little side mission mm -hmm. that gets you used to that power. And then at the end, you have that ability. And there's five different powers only two of them are you need to get for the main campaign. So if you play just the main campaign, you'll only get two of these powers. Okay. But there's side missions that you can do relatively more. quickly to get the other ones. So uh, the one you get through the campaign, the first one you get is your uh, launch ability, which is just like telekinesis. And this is you, as you're looking, wherever you're looking, it'll highlight an object in white. And that means you're targeting that object. So if you press the right bumper, I played on PC, but I use an Xbox controller. As you press the right bumper, it'll she'll grab it and get ready to launch it. So it'll come right next to you and you can aim where you want it. And the second you let go of the right bumper, it'll fly at wherever you're aiming. Uh, it auto locks onto nearby enemies. So that one was super intuitive. Uh, the next one is levitate that you get in the main campaign, which you just press A once and then you hold it 
however long you hold it is how long or how high she'll go. And then when you let go, after a certain amount of time, she'll slowly start drifting down. Oh, so you don't need to keep holding it to levitate. You don't need to keep holding it. So you can press it, get to your height, let go, and then you'll just be – you'll know like I'm 10 seconds in the air. I can right. – Now, do you have to – you don't have to wait to descend, right? You can just like, Yeah, you can press A again, a again and, she'll and she'll start, start falling. And okay. then right before you hit the ground, press A one more time and then she'll like catch herself. Can you – so like let's say you've levitated – can you hit A to drop and then hold A again to start levitating again? Or do you have no. to launch from the ground Launch to from the ground to get back okay. to the height. Yeah. Um, there's also – I don't want to go through all the powers because I think they are – they're interesting. You, you should explore them yourself. But obviously if you've seen some of the story, you know like shield is one of them. So she can just pick up debris around her and put up a shield to like block damage for a while. And what I love about these is these aren't on a loadout. So at any point you have access to all these powers in the way you – you know, chain them and incorporate them is how you play the game. So juggling between your ammo, which is recharging and your power, which are on an energy, your energy meter goes down depending on which power you're using. It'll go down a certain amount. And then the more you upgrade it, the less energy you can take. Right. All that. So they're so intuitive because like one button press for each of these powers. And it's like, it, it works the way exactly how you think it would. And I assume it's pretty synergistic. Yeah. Okay. Just that one button to press and grab any item and then mm-hmm. let go. Just let go. So you're like, combat is so fluid. It makes you feel like so powerful when you're doing these things so seamlessly. All right. So enemies. Yeah. I don't know how deep you want to go into those, but like. So there's like five or six different enemy types. What is interesting is like the main game itself does not have many bosses, but the side quests has like the actual bosses so the way the game works is there's no leveling for you but every time you encounter an enemy there will be a number above their head so you know that's how powerful they are okay but you yourself don't have you're not getting experience points the way you level is every mission or side mission you do you'll get a certain amount of uh, ability points so for some of the long missions you might get three you might get five ability points some of the side missions, you might get two or three. And then every time you go to, they call them control points, which are also used for like fast travel and stuff. And then every time you enter one, it'll recharge your health and stuff like that. Every time you get to a control point, you can use those ability points to upgrade your powers or your base stats and health or energy. And that's like the skill tree you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, different powers upgrading unlocks like different versions of them. So like for Levitate, you can unlock just duration as like how long you're in the air or you can unlock a ground pound that does a massive amount of damage. It is a fair amount of customization in the game itself. Plus, just like how you have mod slots for the guns, you have mod slots for yourself, which add uh, modifiers to your actual abilities. So if you're like, I'm using launch a lot, there's mods that allow less energy to be used every time you use launch. It is very like build your character to how you're playing. right so, now you did say um the the control points they make you like regen health when you're there like it like brings yeah. it back to full health i assume yeah so every time you get to a control is there point, like natural regen of health so your health you, doesn't like, automatically regen but every time an enemy dies he'll drop these like little blue crystals and as long as you're in a certain range of these crystals they'll automatically be attracted to you like you're a magnet Okay. So it kind of forces you to, if you're low on health in the middle of a battle, because most of these battles are like 
not just one big thing. It might be like one medium sized thing and a bunch of little things coming at you. Right. It's it forces you to kill a little thing just to get the health, health. and like risk for that you know yeah. reward and stuff. Uh, the downside of that is if you do die, it spawns you back at the last control point. So you'll still get like if you picked up a mod slot in the middle of a battle, you still keep all that. Right. It keeps your progress where it was. It's just if you die, it spawns you at the nearest control point. So you point. could have gone like, oh, the nearest one? Yeah. It takes you back to the nearest one. So there's there were certain moments where I died and it took me like kind of far away from where I was. Mm-hmm. Luckily, traversal is pretty easy with like when you unlock levitate and some right. of these other powers. So it isn't that big of a deal, but it is like if there were some checkpoints in between there and it spawned me closer to where I was... I would have liked that better. Yeah, so my overall thoughts. It took me about 15 hours to beat the game. I did spend some time doing side quests in the middle of the main quest. I did read online some people who just mained you know, the, the direct path. Like- and it took them about 10 hours. The problem with that is there are some difficulty spikes. Because you, you don't when you start the game, you don't pick a difficulty. Right. They have a difficulty set for you, and that's how everybody plays. Okay. So the more powers you unlock, the more powerful you become. Like I said, there's no number on your actual level. Right. But if you have your maxed out launch, you're gonna shred through enemies that are like low and stuff right. like that. So if you see an enemy with a three and you have a full launch, one launch is gonna kill those people. And they go all the way up to 30. There are moments where they're throwing a lot of stuff at you. And if you haven't done side quests to unlock these abilities, you'll probably die. But I did side quests pretty regularly throughout the main quest. So I never felt that. But there are moments where like they threw a lot of shit at you. And I was killing it. And I was like, you know, you have to use cover to an extent. But if you've ever played Quantum Break, it's like you have to keep moving Mm -hmm. to... Not be targeted. It's definitely not a cover-based yeah. shooter like at all. If you stand still, you're going to get wrecked. Also, if you're not using all your abilities, like you have the shield, you have the launch, you have the levitate, all this stuff. Well, that's good, though. Then it sounds like everything – like the biggest problem, like we've talked about it before, is like where you – where we've played games and they give you like an ability, but then you never really found it useful. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to use it. It sounds like you have to use all of these abilities – that you've earned they're all useful in a way you don't have to use all of them oh, yeah. but like they all have their uses that aren't specific to like the one time you got it and you learned how to use it or whatever they're in they're useful in other aspects yeah. it's not like i i definitely mained launch and levitate because those are my favorite abilities but i used all these abilities from the second i got them throughout like pretty much every battle mm-hmm. there isn't like oh in this battle you know in the first couple of battles this ability is useful and then it's never useful again at any point, you can use all the abilities, and they are useful even towards the end game. So, so it's more like your own, your it's own your creativity. Tools. Yeah, exactly. Is what makes the gameplay what it is. So. Yeah, and that balance between, you know, using the weapons that you like versus the powers that you like, and then juggling the uh, the energy and the the ammo that you have is like the core of the game, and it's such a great loop to do that and. There's a moment in this game, I don't want to give it away because of story reasons, but you'll know it when you play it, where the music kicks up and you're just like, let's fucking do this. And they throw like so much stuff at you. And as you're getting through it, like it just feels amazing. Like I was like literally getting up like going, fuck yes. <laughs> like it's, it's fucking love this game. 
Uh, I would probably say I'd give it like a 9 out of 10. Towards the end of the story is kind of anticlimactic. And I say that as like, I wanted it to be weirder. But like I said, as I played the side missions after the campaign, that's where the weird was. Like a lot of like the more weirder stuff. So if you play this game and you just do the campaign, you're you're missing out on so much of the like crazy awesome stuff. Like there's this one boss I did just like right after I beat this campaign. My favorite fucking boss out of the entire camp entire like game. Mm-hmm. And it's completely missable if you don't do it. So right. definitely explore. It rewards you on that, not only with powers, but with like mod slots and all this shit. So definitely recommend it was there anything like you disliked about it like i said it was the outside points okay the spawning like when you died it spawned you kind of far away was there anything gameplay wise that was like an issue or uh what i've heard people say is that on the ps4 and the xbox one when there is a lot of stuff going on they do see the frame rate dip quite a bit that that's something that can be worked out with like patches and stuff like i said i played on pc so i played a mix between my monitor and my 4k tv so i played both in uh upscaled 4k with all the rtx features on which the game looks beautiful like not only is it like the destruction the way it does reflections there's a lot of glass because you're in an office building and it does the thing where you can the glass opaquely reflects something that Mm. is like in front of it and you can see through it at the same time. So like right. real life. A lot of games just do either you see through reflect it, it yeah. or you just see through it. This does both so well. Uh, the destruction's great. The shadows are great. Uh, the shadow closer to the object is like more uh, finely detailed than the one that's further away from the light source. So like all these little things that are like... The little details that make it, the game, yeah. As I say it, you're like, that's not a big deal. But as they all come together, it just looks amazing. So, right. Uh, if you have the PC to play it, I recommend getting it on PC. But I heard it looks great on both the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. You just might have to deal with some frame rate issues. Character-wise, they did a great job like with mocap and, you know, dialogue is great in this game. Like, there's... That moment I was talking about, after like that big huge moment, I'm like, that was fucking awesome. And Jesse's like, that was fucking awesome. Like literally a second after I said it. Right. So I'm like, they know that was the feeling they wanted, and that's the feeling they invoked. So you know, like Remedy, it has a very interesting story, and I don't want them to kind of not do anything with this. Like, you know. I'm still waiting on a sequel to Alan Wake. I'm still waiting on a sequel to Quantum Break. Hopefully this game gets a sequel or at least some DLC or some extra like, you know, story missions or a spin-off game, just something more from this world cuz it's so interesting. So like, do you think they could like, well, first of all, do you would you want to watch like a if they did like a like if they made like a movie or TV show about it, or do you think they could do it some like that? Like oh yeah, definitely. That'd be I like possible in this universe. A... They could definitely do a TV yeah. show. Did Great the job. story leave itself off in a place where it could have a sequel? Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Mm-hmm. So. I right, know. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I highly recommend you play it. It it's because I know when we saw it at E three, it was like wow. Exactly. It was kind of like wow. Like this. So is if really... you had to combine like other shows or games or whatever together to like what would you describe it as like men in black twin peaks and like 
Ghostbusters. Kind of Ghostbusters, <laughs> but not the comedy aspect of it, I guess. Yeah, definitely play that. Like, this game is a triple-A game with a double-A marketing campaign. Because a lot of people don't even know that this game came out, don't know what this game is. So I think that's because 505 Games is like a mid-tier publisher, but Remedy has always been like a triple-A developer. So it's kind of weird that they're publishing this game. But don't sit this out because you haven't seen a lot about this. This game is phenomenal, and I think everybody should play it. This is definitely on my short list for Game of the Year. Nice. I, I fucking love the lore and the environment and the, the gameplay, story. Everything is top-notch. 9 out of 10. Subpar Subtitles. Wow! <laughs> so Subpar Subtitles is a thing we like to do at the end of every podcast. It's a game we play, and we basically take that idea that... Developers like to name their games with the name of the franchise, colon, subtitle. And that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. So that's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. What I've done is I've taken that idea and I've come up with one fake subtitle. And I've mixed it seamlessly with four real subtitles. Uh, I will give our panel here a uh, multiple choice answer. They have to figure out which one is the fake one that I've created. So we've been keeping a running tally of points. Uh, Chance, what are the current points? We have Zach, last place right now at 13, but not too far ahead of him is me at 16, and Rick is still leagues ahead of everyone at 26. All right. Zach, you ready? Yes, sir. The Word of Fate. The Blade of Fate. Weapons of Fate. Fate of the Ages. Ring of Fates. Say it one more time for those of you listening at home. The word of fate, the blade of fate, weapons of fate, fate of the ages, and ring of fates. No, the A. Word of fate. Chance, what about you? C. C, weapons of fate? Yeah. All right. So now you guys have the, the option... To either keep your answers, and you'll get three points if your answer is correct, or you can say that they were all real or that they were all fake. If you say all real or all fake, and that is indeed the case, you get double the points for a total of six. So, Zach, I ask you now, what do you choose? They're all fake. Zach's going all fake. (laughs) I'll just stay where I'm at. You're going to stay? Yes. All right. I have a feeling they're all real now. <laughs> After saying they were all fake. No, you're probably going to get like 20 points. Cartia, right. the, world, the word of fate. Real game. Fuck. Bleach, the blade of fate. Real game. Wanted, weapons of fate. Real game. Aura, fate of the ages. Real game. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles yeah, Ring real. of Fates. I knew it. I said I'll fake and I said real it. game. <laughs> I said so, I'll fake and I regretted it immediately. Nobody gets points. No. <laughs> Scores stay oh. the same. All right. So thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us every Monday on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or TuneIn. Uh, you can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns, 
or talk about how Zach should have went with all real instead of all fake yeah. at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us at TugPod, T-U-G-P-O-D, on Twitter and at T-U-G underscore P-O-D at Instagram. Uh, we ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other podcast. So who's really the idiot? You! Always <laughs> you, Zach! <laughs> this is ridiculous! <laughs> Goddamn!